Well, welcome everyone to our Wednesday night Bible study. As we begin each of these uh, sessions on the one another passages, we're inviting a special guest to come and kick us off. And today is someone who needs no uh, introduction. Brother Paul Cook was in the office. He had come here, I think, to get some materials to go and visit someone with. And uh, no good deed goes unpunished. So <laughs> while he was here, we asked him to uh, do this with us this morning uh, without trying to flatter you. you. You truly have been one of the most encouraging people in my life. And um, the passage that we're going to talk about today exhorts us to be encouragers of one another. Would you mind reading for us 1 Thessalonians 5.11? Sure, I'll be glad to. 1 Thessalonians uh, 4.11. Okay. 5.11. You're right. I'm sorry. 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. Very good. Well, Paul, uh, like I said, you, you've been an encourager to me and to, to so many through the years. Uh, who has been an encourager to you? Oh, a host of people, beginning with my mother, mm. uh, who is, you know, as I have said before, uh, particularly early in my life, the greatest influence in my life. And uh, uh, of course, I was born in a depression and uh, my mother uh, was the Christian in our family, and uh, sometimes odds were were not real favorable to to get to services and do other things, and uh, and then uh, a lot of other people. I guess the one other person. And it's always dangerous to mention people's <laughs> names, but Wilma Stagner has been such an important person in my life and somebody that I appreciate. In fact, there. There's a verse in the Bible that I won't note right now that in my Bible, I've just written Wilma above that verse because she reminds me so much of it. What is it about her in particular that has encouraged you so much? Well, uh, Wilma <clears throat> and her husband uh, were not on the same page as far as uh, uh, spiritual matters were concerned. And <clears throat> excuse me, is how they saw the scripture. They had several children, and uh, so she uh, operated sometimes in an atmosphere that uh, was a little more trying, And uh, but she and her husband worked all that out, and the children are Christians, and uh, she's uh, been very diligent in Bible studies. In fact, uh, as she aged, and she's my age and still living, uh, she um, was very diligent in studying the Bible with people. Very good. So her... Her example in facing ad adversities and difficult situations and persevering in, in her faith and and uh, reaching out to others has encouraged you. Um, well, um, um, thinking about uh, areas where people need to be encouraged today as you go about and you make the visits that, that you make and you see where people's mind is, maybe particularly in the situation we're facing right now, which has made visits <laughs> pretty difficult. but what are some things that you see that you think people really need to be encouraged by or in areas they need encouragement? Yeah. Well, obviously, in the current environment, uh, people who are in facilities like assisted living uh, or maybe they're living with family members uh, and they can't get out. Um, and some who are uh, maybe not as clear of mind can't understand why mm -hmm. they're not getting visits. And it's difficult to get them to understand that. But I think right now, just uh, the environment we're in. And then on the flip side of that, Lawrence, um, when things are wide open, then people are busy and think, well, I don't have time to go visit. 
So uh, that's not an excuse right now. Uh, the the, the uh, problem is getting to people. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much, Paul. We, we appreciate you doing this for us and appreciate the work that you're doing to build up people in God's kingdom and shore up people's faith. You've done that for so many. And uh, it's great to know some of the influences that have inspired you to be that way. And we hope that as a result of Paul's influence on our lives, we'll also continue to go out and encourage one another and build one another up, just as Paul exhorted the Thessalonians to do. Thank you so much. Betcha. Well, good evening and thanks for joining us again for our midweek Bible study. Jared and I are excited to uh, study another one another passage tonight. This one from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The church in Thessalonica had been through a great deal of difficulty and understood, uh, along with the Apostle Paul, all about persecution. And they knew a lot about grief as well, because some of their members had, had passed away. And Paul does what he can to encourage them. But then he leaves them with what he can't provide for them in person, but he knows they can provide for one another. And he says in verse 11 of 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as you are also doing. You know, Jared, it's humbling for a couple of preachers to admit that most of the encouragement that goes on here at Lost River and probably in most local congregations isn't what happens in Bible class and it's not what happens in the pulpit on Sunday mornings or the devotionals that we, that we write or, or produce. Most of it goes on through the interaction between the members on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, all of us, I think, as we think about that, could probably elevate our encouragement game uh, in some way or another. Uh, if we became a little bit more deliberate and a little more focused on the idea that I can be used by God as an encourager of others. So let's start off by talking a little bit about what encouragement means and how we can encourage each other. Yeah, well, e even when you hear that word encourage, you can hear the word courage right in there. So it's to give somebody courage. But at the root of that is the, the root word core, the Latin word for heart. And so really what encouragement gets at is this idea of putting heart into somebody, giving somebody, restoring the heart of a person. Uh, and so it's not just about kind words or phrases, although that might be part of it. It's about empowering somebody. Um, it's about uh, doing or saying something that strengthens the very core of who they are. And so that's something that I need. That's something that we all need. But also that's something that I want to be a part of. Uh, the idea that I could in some way empower someone to do something that they didn't think they could mm. or to inspire some kind of hope in somebody when they're going through something difficult, that's something that we not only need, but that we want to be a part of uh, this encouraging one another. Very good. So what a dynamic it is to be part of an atmosphere or a relationship of people that each are trying to give and receive that because it just keeps building up and things get better and better. Uh, I recently did a lesson here at Lost River uh, on the character of Barnabas, who's to me the all-star of maybe the whole Bible, but certainly the New Testament for encouragement. Can you uh, think of any Old Testament counterparts to Barnabas? Right. Well, we'll see if we can think of a, a rival in the Old Testament for Barnabas. Uh, and this is against each other. Right. Right. This is this is Jonathan. And we think of him 
mostly as the the best friend of David, and certainly he was that, and he encouraged David uh, throughout the time that they were able to spend together. And we'll look at that some, but really before David comes onto the scene, Jonathan is the guy. He's the son of the first first king of the United Kingdom, and he's the rightful heir to the throne, and he displays a lot of the same qualities that David later shows in his life. So you almost wonder if they kind of rubbed off on one another mm-hmm. uh, by, uh, by you know, showing their trust in the Lord. But the first passage that comes to mind when I think of Jonathan is 1 Samuel 14. Okay. And there in 1 Samuel 14, the, the Philistines, they're battling with Israel. And Jonathan, he sees an opportunity to attack the Philistine garrison. And he he sees this by uh, going up this uh, rocky cliff and they they sort of have to climb their way up. But he turns to his armor bearer and he says, hey, let's go up and and take this garrison while his father, Saul, and sort of the rest of the army, they're pretty much just hiding out in the caves. And so these two men, they they, uh, make that ascent up this cliff to overtake them. But right before he does that, he turns to the armor bearer and says, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And so then they climb up on their hands and knees. They overtake the Philistines. And by the end of the battle, it says in verse 22 that now all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves followed after Jonathan. And what I think that shows us is that encouragement, uh, or at least one of the ways that we can encourage is simply by stating and living by our confidence in God. There's something electric, there's something contagious about that trust in the Lord that uh, just seems to catch on with everybody when we display that in our own lives. And, and, and that's, ex- that's exactly what Jonathan displays here. So from the very beginning, before he even meets David, Jonathan shows us that being an encourager starts with this trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to impart to someone else what you don't have yourself. Right, right. But the other passage that comes to mind is over in 1 Samuel 18. And this is where David and Jonathan finally meet for the first time. David, he had just slain Goliath. And so here's this huge victory for Israel. And Jonathan is very impressed with his act of valor, probably because he sees a little bit of himself in David. And so in verse three, he makes a covenant with David, it says, because he loved him as his own soul. And I think that's important. I think it shows that being an encourager, it starts with trust in the Lord, like Jonathan displayed in in chapter 14, but then it also takes a sincere love for people. To really encourage someone's heart, we have to have a love for their soul. And that's what Jonathan shows David. And he not only keeps that in the back of his mind, but it says he expresses that in the form of a covenant. And it, it may seem strange to, to use that word covenant for a friendship. We usually only think of that in terms of a, a marriage. But I think it's important that we, we find some way to express that to people. So often it seems like we keep encouraging thoughts in the back of our mind because we assume that somebody already knows what we think. Yeah. If somebody uh, did a good job, we assume that they already know that when they may be really doubting how they're performing or um, how they're doing. Or if someone, we, we may assume that someone knows that we have their back when really they feel like they're all alone. 
And so it's important that we not only keep these thoughts in the back of our minds, but we have some way, maybe it's not a covenant per se, but some way to pull them inside and say, hey, I'm with you. I have your back. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And then he takes it a step further. I love what he does next. Uh, We we talk about the kind of guy who will give you the shirt off their back. Well, that's literally what Jonathan does. He strips himself of his own robe and armor and weapons, and he gives that to David uh, to sort of almost like solidify this covenant that he just made. Um, and, And what I think that shows is that it's not just about being the guy who's out front leading the charge into battle like it was in chapter 14, but being an encourager is also the person who pulls other people aside behind the scenes and says, hey, I'm with you, and not only am I with you, but you're doing a great job, and I want to help you in any way that I can. Anything that I can give to you, um, let me know. And so I think those two passages really stand out in my mind that show Jonathan as this great encourager. Uh, I saw um, an illustration of this one time. Usually it's a a father and a son, Mm -hmm. but the, the two are portrayed in uh, terms of bricks and the father uh, to his son keeps giving him a brick but each brick that he gives to the son it's another brick that he's taken away from himself and that's what i see jonathan as doing here he's taking the position the the lower position saying hey i want to help you in any way that i can or like the phrase that was used in thessalonians i want to build you up and, and that's what he's doing throughout the life of David. One brick at a time, he's building David up to become who, who he ultimately does become, the king of Israel. That's awesome. Um, I love that image that you, you give there. And I, I just really think, too, what you said a moment ago about the need to not just think encouraging thoughts toward another person, but you've got to, you've got to then make it actual by expressing that. It's kind of like <clears throat> being grateful for something that somebody does for you you can feel gratitude Mm -hmm. all day long but until you express gratitude it kind of feels like ingratitude to the person to whom it's due Mm -hmm. and we may have really positive thoughts or, or confidence in another person but until we find a way to communicate that like you said Mm -hmm. we uh, often leave the person actually not encouraged so great uh, stuff and it really leads me to uh the event between the two that shores up my thinking about uh jonathan's role as a great encourager uh and the old testament counterpart to to barnabas in the new and that's in first samuel chapter 23 verses 15 through 17 where the scripture says that, so David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. So what, what's happened here is the relationship between Saul and David has deteriorated to the point that David's had to flee for his life. And remember, Saul is Jonathan's father. Uh, so with all this going on, David is on the, on the run. And, you know, I really can't imagine what that's like. We live in such a uh, secure and safe country and time, but the brutality of the ancient world Mm -hmm. and uh, literally being on the run for your life is is really a hard thing to imagine what it's like. And uh, David is in that situation and he's been in that situation and will continue to be so for some time. But it says that uh, when this was going on, that David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest, then Jonathan, Saul's son, 
arose and went to David. That goes back again to what you said. He's, he's not just thinking good things about David, but he goes to David in the woods and strengthens his hand in God and said to him, do not fear for the hand of Saul, my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Uh, what do we learn here, Jared, about uh, encouragement in this episode of Jonathan's life? Right. Well, I, I think, first of all, it shows that God sends encouragement through his people. Uh, so sometimes we think of encouragement as just sort of a wave of emotion that might just sort of wash over us. We just sort of wait to be encouraged or we assume that somebody else is going to be encouraged just naturally. But I think this shows that God works through his people to encourage those in need. Uh, he didn't send some kind of happy spiritual vibe to David in the woods. He sent Jonathan. Mm. And there's something I think so powerful in that, that God works through us. He uses us as instruments to do that for other people. Uh, and, and we sort of realize that, I think, in our own lives. When we're down and we're discouraged, the thing that picks us up usually isn't some mysterious emotion that comes upon us. It usually isn't even some kind of experience or material thing. I know people kind of have like their happy foods that maybe <laughs> pick them up. But really what does the trick, what really picks us up and gets us back on our feet is people. Hearing the words of somebody who cares about us uh, remind us of uh, our, the, the promises in God. Um, and so what that shows is God works through you and me to strengthen and encourage one another. Yes. And I, I guess there's a, a, a passage that really hits on this well, Romans 12 and verse 8, where yeah. Paul says, if a man's gift is encouraging, let him encourage. Some people naturally are, are so good at this. It's like they walk into a room and it just lights up. But really encouraging seems like one of the few gifts that every single one of us possess. And it's one of the few gifts that is also so easy to cultivate and to grow in and to become the kind of person that builds other people up. Yeah, I like the way you, you put that with uh, quoting Romans 12, 8 with the, the fact that, you know, if you've got this gift, if you've got this ability and all of us can develop it, then use it. You know, mm -hmm. so the thing is, like, if if you're ever in a situation where you wonder, sh should I say something that would be encouraging? The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. You should yeah. take every opportunity to 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 give heart, as you put mm -hmm. it, to someone, to strengthen their, their core, mm -hmm. uh, to give them another brick, to fortify and build them up. Uh, this, is, this is just a great way to, to be used by God. And, you know, we all talk about, I just, I want God to use me. I want him to do something great in my life. Well, here's an opportunity that's just in front of us day after day after day. We each have those opportunities to just go out there and build somebody up if we'll just take mm -hmm. the step to do it. Very good. Well, I also see in this passage that encouragement is something that's given to another person at the point of their need. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things an encourager like Jonathan does is he looks around and he sees where's somebody hurting, where's somebody down, where do they need to be heartened and built up mm -hmm. and then tries to move into that space to provide what that person needs. Um, when, when, 
this event was taking place, as I already mentioned, David is on the run. He's living in the wilderness. He's hanging out in caves and in forests. Um, and, you know, um, it, 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 he's a David's a, a, you know, a very capable person, mm -hmm. but uh, he's competent. He's smart. He's courageous, but he's also desperate at this point. He needs somebody else to come alongside. In fact, Psalm 54 is thought by some to have been written by David about this time in his life. And it says there that David's, this was David's state of mind at this time. He says, save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men without, uh, seek my life without men without regard for God. So, so David uh, is needy here. He, he's at the end of his rope, his wit's end. He's out of resources. He's probably got doubts about whether or not he's going to survive this. And that's when Jonathan shows up just at the right time. God working through him to shore up uh, his friend, David, and, and deliver the encouragement he needs right when he needs it the most. Yeah, I, I think also something that's so interesting about that is, like you mentioned, someone as strong and courageous and someone who has accomplished as much as David had already still needed that encouragement. And so uh, encouragement is something that every single person needs. Even the most competent and accomplished of us uh, need that, that, uh, that strengthening of the heart. But I think also what this passage shows is that the best kind of encouragement is given in the Lord. And that's what you see in verse 16. When I think about the encouragement given in the world, we might say phrases like, um, hey, you've got this, you're in control, you can do this. Or we might say, hey, it, what you're going through, is not that big of a deal, you can overcome it. Or we might say, hey, well, you're better off than the other guy. We compare and say, hey, well, you're not a, as bad off as this person, so you know it'll be all right. And maybe those aren't all bad things, but it's like if we don't have the encouragement of the Lord, those are really only the three ways to go about it. We can either uh, pump up and elevate the, the person. Uh, we could devalue the situation and downplay it like it's not that big of a deal. Or we could look around and, and compare their situation to other people. But Jonathan, he doesn't do any of those things. What Jonathan focuses on is the promises of God. Uh, instead of saying, hey, you're the giant slayer, you've you know thwarted enemies in the past, you can do it now. Uh, or rather than saying, hey, you're, you're better than Saul, you're going to make a better king, the people would rather have you anyway. Rather than those tactics, he focuses on the promises of God. In verse 16, he says, um, or the, the Bible says, he strengthened David in the Lord, in the Lord. So, he focuses on how God had promised to make David king over Israel. And that's the kind of uh, hope, that's the kind of encouragement that we need to be giving to people. We don't just have empty slogans and wishful thinking. We have the promises of God. And so we can say, hey, I, I understand what you're going through. And I'm not downplaying the situation. I get that that's hard and that's difficult. And that's a great challenge that you're up against. And we might even say, you know what, you might not be able to do this on your own. But we can also meet them by saying, hey, but what you do have are the promises of God. And maybe 
through them seeing our confidence in the Lord, that instills them and, and, and fortifies their own faith um, and reestablishes um, their confidence in the Lord for themselves. So that confidence in the Lord becomes contagious. Right. We can share that with, with another person. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, this whole story about Jonathan David, and you've hinted at this already, you know, Jonathan is heir to be the, the new the next king, when, when dad dies, next man up is, is Prince mm -hmm. Jonathan. But he's like at this, by this point for sure, fully conscious of the fact that it's not God's will that I'm gonna be the king, it's gonna be David. Mm -hmm. And instead of resisting that, which almost every person in the history of the world would have done, he knows this is God's will. Mm -hmm. and, and he's willing to submit to that himself, but he also knows this is the promise of God and he wants to, share that with David. And so he builds him up, like you said, in the Lord, anchoring his encouragement to a specific promise that God has made to David. And uh, those are the most important promises of all. In fact, um, are, there, are there any kind of go-to passages or just biblical promises or God's uh, nature that, that you think of that you can sometimes use when you recognize a, a friend or a brother's in need of encouragement? Well, I, I think one thing that's really interesting is, and I, I haven't, I guess, fact-checked this, but I've heard that the Bible mentions the phrase or something similar to it, do not fear, mm -hmm. 365 times. One and so, the right, that's the idea. You got, you got uh, some word of encouragement from God every day of the year, do not fear. And so I think that shows that just all throughout the Bible, there are so many places that we can go and turn to that, that provide us the encouragement that we need and that we can give to other people. But uh, one area specifically that comes to my mind is the Psalms, and we'll get more specific with that, but the Psalms, they, they find a way to get at the heart uh, of, of who we are. Um, they become so relatable. They get to uh, the, the fundamental emotions that, that we sense on a day-to-day -day basis. Even though it's very different time and place and situation, they cut to the same feelings of not just joy and gladness, but of um, discouragement um, and, and, and sadness. And one psalm specifically that comes to mind, this has become my favorite, is the one we looked at a couple weeks ago on Sunday, Psalm 46. Any kind of reminder that the Lord is in control, that He's near to His people, and that He'll rescue and redeem them um, in time. I, I think those are key reminders. And so maybe that's one passage we could go to, turning to Psalm 46. But one that has, I think, really helped me over the years in both my own times of discouragement and in helping other people is first corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 where it says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man god is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation who will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it and so the word that's used here is temptation but it's the same word that's used throughout the bible to describe affliction or trial, any kind of hardship or suffering. And so I think what this verse provides is kind of an outline for us to think through and maybe to give to other people. Uh, first of all, just that, that first part that no hardship has overtaken you that isn't common to man. So letting people know, hey, you know, this is difficult what you're going through, but you're not alone. There are other people who have had to endure this. And so maybe connecting them 
with those people, or maybe you've been there yourself. And so you can say, hey, I, I've been in your shoes and I know what that's like. And uh, I, I'm here to help. And there's nothing more encouraging than knowing that someone has been in your position and gotten through to the other side. Yeah. And, you know, that's where stories of people's lives in the Bible. One of the first things that comes to my mind anytime that I'm facing something personally or I, I, I know someone else is going through a real trial is where in Scripture has something like this happened to someone else uh, that I can bring then to, to bear on the situation? Or, like you said, have I been through a similar trial? Yeah. And the interesting thing is, if you have, you have instant credibility. Right. Uh, I've been in situations before where some tragedy has happened or some real difficult situations unfolding. And, you know, me as a preacher or some of the elders are gathered around, we're trying to minister to this person's grief or need or, or insecurity and fear. And we're, we're really struggling. We're doing the best mm -hmm. we can. And somebody walks through the door who's been right where they are and gotten through it. Mm -hmm. And immediately the best thing to do is just recede into the background and let this person take center stage because they've got something to give them. Here's how the Lord was with me uh, through this, and I know that you're gonna get through it too. It's a powerful thing. Right. And, uh, and again, that's what so much of the scripture does for us is it's God's people throughout history with God being present with them, leading them through it. And uh, um, you know, one of my favorites is, is in Hebrews the, where, the, where he quotes the prophet that, uh, and, and applies it to Jesus, I will, I will never leave you, mm -hmm. I will never forsake you. Uh, we, we can go through terrible things in life, but we can endure them so long as we know mm -hmm. that the Lord is with us. Um, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego comes to mind. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, they're going through a fiery trial. And as long as there's another in the fire mm -hmm. that's with them, leading them through it, uh, they're going to be okay. Right. And uh, there's just a comfort to that. So it's great to be a Christian, isn't it, Jared? Because we do have not just, as you put it so well, just empty phrases to try to pump people up and inflate them and mm -hmm. fool them into getting through a situation. We've got substantial mm -hmm. promises anchored in the immovable God mm -hmm. to, to build us up and to give heart to other people to get through mm -hmm. their trials. That's, that's great stuff. Well, um, let's talk just a little bit as we try to wind up about uh, who specifically can we target to encourage any, any people, groups or whatever, individuals that you can think of that we really need to be looking out for? Well, maybe it's just because I'm in this category, but the young, mm -hmm. um, there are just, it seems like, and maybe my perspective will change on this over time, but it just seems like there are certain temptations and certain un, uncertainties, certain yeah. doubts that young people face that is just different from what other uh, age brackets or demographics might encounter. But that also means that those people have gone through them before. And so uh, maybe that, that's, that's one group of people encouraging the young. And, you know, I used to think of David and Jonathan as, you know, the same age, but Jonathan was really 20 years older than David. And so encouraging the young, and maybe I'll add to that, encouraging the younger there's always someone younger who's looking up to you. And there's something about age and encouragement that go hand in hand. There's something about the person who is a step ahead in life or who has more life experience and has gone through more things than you that just 
well, kind of like what we talked about earlier, that provides that instant credibility yeah. where you know, you're immediately engaged and want to listen to what they have to say. And so that's true of every age group. Um, and, and I think I'll also say just especially of the, the older or the elderly, um, the, I, I think it, just talking to the people in my own age group, there's nothing more encouraging than just spending five to 10 minutes hearing an older person's stories and what they endured through their life and how they got through it. That has to be one of the most encouraging things for me personally. So encouraging the younger uh, would be would be one group of people to target with that. Absolutely, and uh, it really ties in well with where we began uh, today with Brother Paul Cook, who uh, is older than really anybody any of us uh, know. Probably he's uh, <laughs> a little dig at him there, but he he's uh, he's such an encouragement to so many people, and he has. Uh, lived nearly nine decades in this world and has, ex has seen and experienced just about everything any of us could ever imagine going through and uh, uh, just sitting down and, and listening to him and being encouraged by him. It's, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we also need to look out for those who are sick, those who are just beat down by the hardships of life, um, disappointments. Sometimes we have dreams that just aren't going to come true. And when we begin to realize that it can be real, a real setback or, uh, um, you know, sometimes we give in to those temptations that we didn't have to, but we did. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of regret. And sometimes the pain of that regret just gnaws and hollows people out. And we need to come and put heart back into them and tell them, look, you're down, but this story's not over. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a future. God's not abandoning you. Let's get back, and I'll walk alongside you as we as we continue on the path. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, Jared, I think we probably ought to wrap up. We, we've on our outline here. We've got a few more things we could talk about, <laughs> but I've got a feeling that we've uh, uh, spent enough time tonight in everybody's living rooms. We are so grateful for your. Uh, letting us be a part of your life. I really enjoyed this uh, this study. Uh, as we got into it, I just really enjoyed uh, listening to the things that Jarrett had to say. He's doing a great job here. As an old, uh, old timer, I want to encourage the young. Uh, he's, he's doing awesome. If you haven't encouraged Jarrett yet uh, in the work he's begun doing with us here at Lost River, I want to encourage you to reach out and do that. Remember, it's not encouragement until you give it. And uh, so encourage him, encourage uh, Ben as well. He's doing tremendous work uh, as, as well and working primarily with our college students and high school and junior high students. We want to shout out and appreciate him, all of our elders, all of our deacons and so many members. Like I said at the beginning, it's not what the preachers are doing that encourages everybody. We, we kind of are the cheerleaders to get everybody reminded to do that. But it's what you guys are doing at home sending cards, making phone calls, visiting, cooking meals, you praying, you're, you're doing a tremendous job. Don't quit. We will reap if we do not uh, lose heart. So God bless you. And let's end our study today as we always do with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we're so thankful that once again, we've had the chance to open your word. What a rich treasure it is to us and what encouragement we draw from it. You are our God, our creator, our maker, our sustainer. And when we have sinned and, and rebelled and turned from you, you have hunted us down, not to destroy us, but to turn our hearts back to you again. And so we stand before you in awe of your majesty and power and also of your compassion and mercy 
and redemptive love. And we praise you. We thank you for who you are, for what you've done, and ask you to strengthen us now to go forward and be for others what you've been for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.